0: In the knowledge of Him, and I've been filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, and pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. So again, I incline my ears to His Word. His Word is entering my heart, it is giving me light and direction, it is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All the time. Let's take our seats. Um, there's something I've been meaning to do for a long time. I believe the Lord laid it upon my heart, not just for the teaching of the Word in Kingdom Word, but for my own personal life and for many other people that we need it. I need to say this quickly. The fact that you are not taking orthodox medicine doesn't mean you are, not, you are believing God. Did you hear know what I said? Yes, sir. That if you say, I don't go to hospitals, that's not proof you are believing God. It just means what? You don't go to hospitals, that's all. People don't go to hospitals for many reasons. One of them is that they don't like the idea. Honestly, even me, I don't like the idea. It has nothing to do with whether I am believing God or not. I don't like it Since I was... Of course, I don't know about you. Some people like medicine anyway. I know they are... Some people just like... I've heard of people that they have to have an operation. They will complain until they give them surgery. But most people don't like going to hospitals. All right? Now, the reason why we don't go, they are legion. One of them is fear. Maybe when you were young... One nurse gave you one injection that was very painful. You, you just assume that anybody walking in that place is an evil spirit. Printed painted in your mind. That is one reason. Another reason we don't go is because it's expensive. All right? And for that fear, can be it also be that you don't know what they will come up with. I'm going to emphasize something here. That The fact that you did not go to a natural doctor is not, a, is not proof that you are believing God. Do you get what I'm saying? Alright? It's only if you are taking God's medicine that it is proof. All of you are looking at me and say, you don't get what I'm saying. The only reason that you can say, the only way you can say you are believing God is if you are taking the medicine that God is giving. It's only if you are attending his own clinic. It's only if you are going to see him, you are following his own prescription. Because what I've noticed a lot of times is that people think that just opposing medical science is a sign of faith. It is not to. Do you get my point? The fact that you desire healing, and in the midst of your desire, you reject the normal medical intervention. It doesn't mean you are believing God. It's just desire and stubbornness combined. That's why I see a lot of times, so many people say they are believing God. They take natural herbs, but they say they are not going to hospital. I, just, I hope you get my point. Now, I'm, see, get my point. I'm not against natural herbs. Actually, for some things, I prescribe them for people. Yeah, I, I know some herbs that are so powerful. They are more effective than any medical prep that I know. I know you few like that. Well, it's the only one I have in mind, but I know there are some other ones. Like if you are looking for folic acid and iron, don't bother buying from the market. Go to the bush Cholic acid, in case you do not know, is very difficult to prepare and deliver in a tablet. It's very unstable, so you best get it when it is fresh. So I prefer, I, for that reason, I, I know natural herbs that help people. I, pre- <laughs> I prescribe food for people. Somebody is sick. I say, look, eat this kind of food. It will help you. I know you feel like that. So, in fact, what people call medicine today, of course, you know. Like, I'll get to my message in a moment. I'm not going to say something, but you also give some education. Some people say that, you see, this natural one is the good one. It's not all the time. If you have malaria, you know what they call doguero. What do they call it here? The same thing. All right. Uh-huh. That doguero is very effective against malaria. Very, very effective. But it's not as good as quinine that they took out of it. Don't lie. You know why? It's a natural quinine. But it contains so many things, some of which can stop your heart. You don't know the dosage. How many how many um, sticks? What's the length of the stick? Did you cook in that pot to extract the ororo inside? The juice. You don't know. How many cups are you supposed to take? You don't know. You want to take enough of the cups to make you go deaf? Oh, you don't know. It makes people go deaf. There's a way they will give you quinine. Your ear will start ringing. You'll be hearing spirits. It doesn't stop. To ring like that for the whole day. So, what is the difference between that and the one that's white or yellow tablets? It's because they took it into the laboratory. I hope you're getting my point. They extracted the one that was found out because there are so many of those things inside that tree. They took the one that hit the malaria. Brought it out, removed every other thing. Do you get me? And then check the dose that is necessary for your body weight. And then they tell you use it like this. This is how long it takes to kill this thing. Now, where I'm going with that whole talk is that whether it's natural or the one that has been—I don't know was processed. They are many times the same thing. Okay, a huge chunk of the drugs that we use, okay, actually, are extracted. From natural, in fact, there's a department like that in pharmacy. Pharmacognosy. What they do is just extract things from herbs. Now, why I'm saying so is that, so some people say that I don't take the tablet. I'm believing God. But they dive into the bush. Do you get me? And be swallowing herbs. So I tell them, I say, don't disturb yourself. eh? You're not believing God. I'm not saying you must go the natural way. I'm just saying what makes you... One that's believing God. It's not what you don't do. It is what you do. Did you hear what I said? It looks like I'm losing people. People don't seem to follow me. Then let it show on your face now. The way you're looking like, what are you talking about? It is not what you don't do. Because I've seen, in fact, t- if, 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 if when I was growing up, were, we had neighbors. I, I, we, we had a particular neighbor, and I had some teachers in my school that in their church, they all went to the same kind of church. The law is that you don't take medicine. So if I remember that our neighbor, she was, was a young lady, all right? For those of us that were tiny children, she looked like an old person, you understand? But now I look back, I realize she was actually young because she was just about to gain admission into a school of nursing. And then she was telling my mother that she has to decline that and go to the, um, the um, teacher training college. Because in their church, they don't take medicine. Yeah, she declined the admission to the school of nursing. And decided to go and train to be a teacher. Because the church she attended. And I remember very well. They didn't take medicine. And they were not joking about it. My teacher's child died of pneumonia. They didn't give the child medicine. They were not joking about it though do Now, I don't, I'm, I don't ridicule anybody, please. I don't ridicule people. Because, you see... The man who I know founded that thing very strong. I think that was the lineage they came from. I'm not very certain, but along that line. John Alexander Dowie. He got more people healed than all the doctors put together. Once you get, he does, he, he, in fact, he has his, I have the sermon on doctors, demons, and drugs. Yes. He did the sermon on, on doctors, demons, and drugs. And they are the same class of people. Medical students staged a protest in front of his church. He was very strong about it. As far as I'm concerned, if you're a doctor, you're working for the devil. That was his own philosophy. Now, of course, I don't agree with him, otherwise, I'd be working for the devil, but you see, (laughs) I don't agree with him. But what I'm bringing up from that is that, see, what doctors could not do, he did. What doctors gave up on as hopeless, he laid hands on the people they got healed. People that doctors said they will die. He will catch them, lay hands on them, and they will live. There was no kind of sickness that he didn't cure with, with prayer. He had workers. The job they did was they had a, were rooms where you could rent if you came to the church and stay for some time. All they did was they come there in the morning, they pray for you. You come for service twice a day. At the end of one week, you are healed. You either get healed dramatically through laying of hands, or you just be hearing the word at the end of the week, you are well. So the man he didn't understand what you're doing in the hospital anyway. He had his own personal tragedies. Alright? But he was very resolute about it. Now now why I'm going through all of this, okay? Is that you see people sometimes they just decide that alright, because now our church there's nothing like that. You don't take medicine it's not proof. Now that way, now please again let me just give you some information. The reason why he became like that, I don't want to judge him. I can't, in fact. (laughs) Listen, if you are like him, just have the results he has, then we'll we'll leave you. Do you get my point? (laughs) We'll leave you. He got the anointing from understanding to heal the sick when plague was raging when he was in Australia. Everybody was dying around him. And the thing used to pin him. Until one day he was out of anger. He threw his Bible, was praying, and the Bible opened to Acts chapter 10, you heard of Jesus Christ, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He said, ah, this is oppression of the devil. So as he was just reading that, um, that portion, they rushed to him that one young lady in the church was dying of plague. He rushed down there and started fighting for this time around. Now, doctors couldn't do anything. This was before the days of Antibiotics. This girl was convulsing. She was just dying. You could see she'd been sick for some days. She was now dying. When he grabbed her and commanded the spirit of death to live and called upon God. There's a way he said his prayer to strike the, the, the death and everything. Anyway, the girl suddenly laughs into a kind of unconsciousness. And they were like, is she dead? He said, no, she's not dead. She's sleeping. After I he tapped, tapped her, woke her up. And of course, the talita kumid i hope you get my point. Tell it I did, and <laughs> of course, the first thing the young girl said is, "I'm very tired." You know, something like, "I feel so that I've been asleep." She was, you know, she was unconscious. He said that, make a long story short, that um, she's hungry also. I told the mother to go and get um, some food and make some tea for her, and he personally fed her. And the girl ate and ate and ate until she recovered strength. And after that, nobody. What did I say? Nobody in his church died from plague again. All he had to do was catch you. Let him just be there. And the, the, he hears that there's plague in your house. He's coming there. He's going to chase, <laughs> chase the devil. The devils are going to run out. He will pursue them. So you don't blame him. He had tackled difficult situations with prayer. So as far as he was concerned, going to see the doctor is a waste of time. What, what do they know? He has seen their frustration. He has seen them walk and walk and walk, and people died in their hands. So, when God showed him the revelation of the healing power that's in the Word of God, it wasn't easy. He fought the sicknesses and fought the doctors too. But many people just caught on to that and said no to medicine. But they do not have the understanding they had, they do not have the revelation. And they do not have the power. So sometimes you find tra- tragedies created. But let me not sit on that. What I'm going to focus our minds on is that I am not drinking medicine. It's not the proof that I believe. The proof that I'm believing God is that I'm taking his medicine. Do you get what I'm saying? my point? Is that my primary focus is his medicine. If I'm not taking it, I'm not believing. I'm wishing. I'm hoping. I'm just desiring. Am I believing God? I go to his clinic. You know I said the other time. If, you say, if I tell you now that this man is my doctor, you just assume I see him when I have problems. I hope I get my point. You assume that I have the address to his clinic, I have his phone number, and stuff like that. That is just the way it is. You, you, you assume all of those things because I say, he's what? He's my doctor. But if I tell you it's my doctor, well, I have not spoken in three years. Shouldn't he deny me? The last time he told me that, don't eat this, eat this. Next time he saw me, I was eating the opposite. And he said, when last you eat what I told you to be eating? I said, Doc, I beg. I know if you will go. I can't go market for that kind of thing. Three years, I have not obeyed him once. Is he my doctor? So he says, is the Lord your doctor? Literally... I'm the Lord that he thee. That's what it means. I'm the Lord your doctor. So what God expects is that you are listening to him. You are coming to his clinic. You are following his prescription. If you are not following it, but you are not following anybody's prescription, he's not your doctor. So I'm believing God is not what I don't do, but what I do. I hope you get getting my point. Please bear that in mind. That's my first point for today. In line with that point, I'll bring a second one, and that's the fact that life has a natural order, which the spirit, okay, let's put it this way, all right, let's read from Genesis chapter, that will be, let's see chapter 2, there is something I want to bring out there, and then we'll also read from Romans, but let's see, Genesis chapter 2, let's read from verse um, 15, let me just switch my version, Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you will surely what? Die. There's a law there. The day you eat from it, you will die. Now, please, we're not doing a detailed study on this. Let me just be quick, all right? What it means is that the day you eat, you understand my point? You start a process of death in your life. I hope you're getting my point. It's a natural thing. So, when sin came in, the Bible told us in Romans chapter 5, death came in also. So, what is the origin of death is what? Sin. Now, next question, or one question. The day Adam ate of it, the 24 hour period, you understand? Assume the day is 7th of January, 4000 BC. I don't know the exact date. That day he ate. That day he died and collapsed and got buried the next day. True or false. false? False, false, false. Now, does that mean the word of God failed? So we have to understand that what happened when the Bible says that day you will die. Simply, we can easily imply that or in fact, that day you come under the power of death. So we know that death begins to work. Death begins to work. So that was the day, the day Adam ate of it. From that day, of course he lived some hundreds of years, but he began to wind down. From that day, God could tell you this is the day this man will die, expire physically. Before he ate of that, that day did not exist. Do you follow my point? So when the Bible, when God says that that day you will surely die, it's not a lie. Did the man die? Yes. Doesn't mean he expired physically that day, but the process began in his life and he began to wind down. And this is the law. Once there is death, once there is sin, there will be death. So since then, the old man has, has come under, or the old man came under, from that time, the power of death. And there's a principle there. The Bible calls it what? The law of sin and death. So once you are born and you come into this world and you get involved one way or the other, whether through heredity or through the sinful nature inside you, in death, the law of death, and in sin, the law of death is initiated into your life immediately. I hope you're getting my point. Now we're getting to some principles. So number one, we have deciding some about about who's your doctor, are you working by faith or not. Now, I'm talking about the principle of aging. You see what I'm saying? So what happens that once somebody dies, he begins to age. It's called the law of what? Death. The law of sin and death. Now, there's what the Bible calls the law of life. That's the next point, all right? There's there's what is called the law of life. Now, death is a spiritual force. Now, this natural body, okay, now, how do I explain this now? Remember there are two kinds of Adam. Uh, of human beings, Homo sapiens adamus, and then Homo sapiens Christus. Now, there are two distinct species of human beings, or let's just subspecies. Now, you must understand the Bible says that God gives a body according to the seed that is inside. The seed of Adam inside is what gave us this body. But then a day came, Jesus Christ rose up again from the dead, and he came to his disciples. And he breathed upon them. What did he say? Receive Holy Spirit. Receive, in summary, a new life. A new nature. Now, listen to this carefully. That new nature is different from the old one. That new nature cannot fully function inside the body of Adam. So the Homo sapiens, Adamus, the body of it, which we still have, that's what Paul calls it, the body of death. The new nature that we have received in Christ cannot fully, now, the word is what? Fully, fully function inside it. So what God prepared is that one day, that new man in Christ Jesus shall receive what? A new body also. And that is called what? The resurrection body. It's a different kind of body. Now, but please listen to this, another point. How many, are you noticing the points I'm making? Alright? I don't know. I've lost count now. Alright? Another point is this. Okay, God gave us a new nature, gave us a new life, but we have the old body. Until that time, what happens? So this is it. Open to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'll read verse 2, okay, but then just for the things that we have said now, you know we talked about the law of life, sin, and death. Do you remember that? So look at what it says in verse. I'll read verses one and two first. It said, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you or set me free from the law of sin and of death. Okay. Now let, I'm going to stop reading that. But quickly go down to verse nine. He said, he was saying some things, but now got to verse 9. He said, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, please let me, you know, was he here, was he here I was teaching about spirits? Yeah, it was on Saturday. Yeah, it was on Saturday. Uh-huh. This is part thing I'm saying. When he had the spirit of God here, he wasn't talking about the Holy Spirit that came on the day of Pentecost. He was saying in simple, in simple terms, that spirit that Jesus breathed on you that day, I hope you're getting my point, is that spirit, say if it is in you, when you gave your life to Christ, he said, you are, not, you are no longer in the flesh. If that spirit actually dwells in you, if you have been recreated, if indeed you are a new man in Christ Jesus, you have been recreated. He said, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, it's the same thing. One point he may call the spirit of God. The next one is the same thing he was talking about is the spirit of Christ. Is that same spirit. He's just using different ways to describe. He said, if you do not have it, you do not belong to him. Just by the way, when people say, as many as I bled in verse 14, by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Please, I want to digress over three, four minutes on that. People now say that the Holy Spirit is not speaking to you, that if you are you know, a son, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. That's not what he was saying. That's not what he was saying. There is a seed in the monkey that makes the monkey behave like a monkey. There is a seed in the cow that makes the cow behave like a cow. There is a seed in the pig that makes this pig love what he loves. That's, that's how it is. The seed is first, then the body is second. Now, so he was saying, is, what he was saying is this. There's, a, there's something that Christ, his new nature, is inside you, being inside you, propels you towards. You Remember on Saturday I said something. If you don't love the word, if you don't love the brethren, I doubt your salvation. Do you remember me saying it on Saturday? If somebody claims to be a Christian, he or she doesn't love the word of God. And does not love the brethren. I seriously doubt the fellow's salvation. Or at best, the fellow is currently severely backsliding. You cannot have the spirit of Christ. I've noticed something. If somebody is, you know, who doesn't really have that spirit, it comes to the play, you know, they get services you go for and you're excited. They are very uneasy. They can't sit down for long. You've not noticed? That's what I was saying. That if you are not being pushed in a particular direction by that, you know, that propelling force of the new nature inside you, you don't have, you don't know God. He said those who have been so directed are what sons of God. Please, I discuss that in my book. Out, you know, um, guided by the Spirit. All right, it's inside the book. But let me continue what I'm saying here. So he says there is a spirit of him that is in you. So this is what he does. Verse eleven. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead. We also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. In verse 10, he said, I jump, I'm saying John verse 10. He said, even he said, if Christ is in you, remember I was asking a question, you have the Adamic body, death doomed, mortal, do you remember that? Okay. We now said, okay, you have a new life in Christ. He said, if Christ is in you, though the body, now first read it and I will explain it. Though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is, is alive, or literally, say, spirit life is life because of righteousness. A bit difficult to interpret into English, so people were, that's why they put it like this. What was this saying? Because it was clearly stated in the next verse, verse eleven. What was it saying? If Christ is in you, that, that by that spirit, even though your body was mortal or is mortal because of sin, yet the spirit inside you will constantly give it life. Because of righteousness. Remember, how did death come? So when righteousness comes, what does it bring? Life. Righteousness brings life. Let's go by it again. Sin brought death. Righteousness brings life. Let's go by it again. Sin brought That's it. So if you have been made righteous in Christ, if the spirit of Christ is in you, it starts injecting life to that mortal body. So until that body is laid down, is forced to walk properly so as to allow the spirit of Christ in you to manifest. That's another point. I don't know how many points I've made to deal. But I hope you are noting It should be like the point number five or six now. So we have talked about sin bringing death, righteousness doing what? Bringing life. Another point to remind us of, at the end of the day, somebody should write all these points down for me. Remember I said, of course I didn't say, we read from the scriptures, that in the beginning there was what? Darkness. Then God said, let there be what? Answer me. God said, let there be what? What did he say? There's no catch to it. I'm not trying to trick you. What did he say? Let there be light. Thank you very much. So light came through or false. And then darkness disappeared through or false? False. Darkness did not disappear. Light came, darkness was still mingling around. So when life comes many times, death is still hanging around. So how did God get rid of darkness? He separated the light from the darkness. It's an important point. Because sometimes, when, you know, because you see, John came with the baptism. What was the baptism about? Forgiveness, repentance for what? The forgiveness of sins. Yet, nobody was healed. God had to bring the spirit of separation, of light from darkness through Jesus Christ. So God anointed him. He went around separating what? Light from darkness. Removing people from the oppression they were under. Don't ever forget. Anything God gives you like that, you have to fight for it. He brought them out of Egypt. They had to fight for the promised land. They didn't come out of Egypt and run into a land that there was nobody inside. Please, I hope you are getting my point. So sometimes that's a conflict we have. Because if you're talking like this, but my body is still adamically behaving. (laughs) That is still behaving like a hair. Like a Adamus, alone. He said, in that case, go and separate what? Darkness from light, light from darkness. That's the job we have. We've been talking about that. You have that responsibility to enforce that in your life. Today, I'm actually talking about, I said it's been on my mind for some time. I want to release some words concerning aging for Christians. I've been saying it here and there for years. Now, you keep on hearing me say things like, old age is not a disease. Yes, now, why did I say all things I said at the beginning? To let people know, you know, I've been saying for some time, we have to choose the realm of walking Alright? And that there is an order to the way things are supposed to be. And the, if I say, hey, old age is not a disease, it doesn't mean you go and lie down and say, old age is not a disease, a loom. What do you now start doing? You start separating what? The light from the darkness. First, you know the truth. Then you get up and start separating that light from darkness in your life. And on that point I should remind us of I hope these points are plenty, right? But they are, they are key points. Grace is released, first of all, through reorientation of your thought process. Let me say that again. Grace is released through the reorientation of your thought process. Just by the way you think. I'd like to give a testimony They're not my personal testimony but of the man, Kennedy Higgin. Be careful what you believe. Oh. You know, Jesus used to say something. I was in a book, you know, you're saying that you can't blame people that it's because of their lack of faith they are not getting things. I said, why are you talking like this? Don't blame people I know, but the fact is that if you don't have faith, you won't get some things. Because Jesus will say, let it be unto you, what? Yes. According to your faith. He will ask them, do you believe I can do this? Valid question. Do you believe I can do this? And the person said, yes, I believe. He's saying that case be cleansed. What do you want me to do for you that I may regain my sight? You believe I can do it, that, that, be it unto you according to your faith. How you reason determines what flows towards you. I was giving you a testimony that I read from Kennehegin, very powerful testimony. He said when he was um, younger, when he was reading Reader's Digest, and if they would start explaining to him that when you are getting old, you start forgetting things. And what are the reasons? There are many reasons. One, your brain starts shrinking. Then you start having amyloid plaques. Deposited here, and they don't worry about all these things. I mean, they are all lies, but we have to tell people like this so they can get a certificate because like, you know what I mean by lie now. You teach natural things, but they are getting certificate in natural things, not in spiritual things. So, that's why you call them amyloid plaques. You start having little, little things here and there, they disorient the connection between your neurons. That's how you start forgetting. The older you get, then you start having vessels becoming narrower and less blood is getting to some places. Why? You are growing old. When you were born, all the vessels were soft and supple and pumping clear blood. But as you are getting older, the blood will become struggling. Not enough oxygen. So they start shutting down, shutting down. See, all of these things, ah, the Bible the Bible use one word for them. What is the word? Death. It's the law of death that is working. So they explain that's why when you are getting older, you start forgetting. So you see a man, he's 65. Children say, ah, he say uh, You know, at my age, it's created an expectation. Do you get my point? That thing is so powerful. I sat with a colleague of mine once at the airport. So we got to, we we're both waiting for a flight to come to Enugu. We just met at the airport. So while she was, she, she's a lady. While we were there talking, her phone rang, and she picked a call. It was from her father, old man. And the man, you know, he just wanted to greet her to congratulate her on something she achieved. I said, "Thank, daddy, thank you, thank you, thank you." And <laughs> she hung the phone and laughed. I said, "That's my dad. But that's the fourth time he's congratulating me on the same thing. That the man has dementia. So what happened? Was that he just saw her husband." So the husband, not knowing that, maybe the man had heard. So he told her, ah, you did hear that she got this award? Is that so? He picked his phone and called his daughter and said, congratulations. And she said, okay, daddy, thank you very much. And she turned to me after the call and laughed and said, this is the fourth time. So we we're waiting for a flight, so we we're talking. Then she, I think she asked me something, and I told her, look, I told her before. I said, look, tell me again. You see, you heard my father. You know, there's a man in my family so I'm forgetting. I don't, are you getting my point? Either that or she said, please remind me of this discussion so that when that matter comes up. I said, ah, remind He said, see, there's dementia in my family. Did you hear that? Just because of that phone call. She used it as an excuse that I should remind her of things. Ah. Not being a believer, I didn't pick out being Not everybody I argue with. You have to be my disciple for me to give you my time to explain things to you. She wasn't. But I just said, look at how you have set yourself. You are not even old yet. Maybe your father is that father that time was like, was an old man. At that time, I was, I'm telling you about now. That woman was... They, it could not have been less than 50. So if her father was too young, he was 80-something. If I remember where the man was in his late 80s or, or hit 90. Are you getting my point? But she already sat in her heart ready for what? Dementia. And I felt very bad. What is grace? Grace is God's power to fulfill his word in your life. And the first way you prepare to release, receive grace is what? Reorient your mind, your thought pattern. So, Kedekin said he read all of those things, and they told him that as he's getting older, he will start forgetting. And he said that he began to prepare to forget. He began to prepare to, to start forgetting. And then one day he was reading his Bible, and he got to the parable of... Um, Lazarus and the rich man. And Abraham said to that rich man, he said, son, remember. He said, wait, excuse me. These people are dead. Their bodies are in the grave. Yet Abraham is telling somebody, remember. He said, suddenly it struck him. That memory is not in your brain. I don't know whether you're getting that point. He said, no, no, memory does not lie in my brain. Because this man's brain has decayed. Yet Abraham is telling him, "Son, remember now that's simple revelation." So people will sit down there and be arguing on the you need the connection. You see, why do you like to argue away your blessing? That simple revelation. The man said, "Wow." He told himself, "I would never forget that forgetting dementia will not be part of my life." Just a simple thought. Just said it like that. Do you know what? He died at the age of almost ninety-eight or so. Till he died, he used to tell stories as if they happened yesterday. he would be telling stories. Say, eh? uh, this was um, that was fifty years ago. That time when um, when the black land of Texas, you know, that time I was in a particular city called. That was a Tuesday. Say, so, do you remember first of October, nineteen fifty-two? Was a Tuesday? Then everybody would burst into laughter. He would tell you the day, the day of the month. That is the day of the week. The date." The hour, I said, it was just about five minutes before the clock struck ten o'clock, and I remember I was walking between the church and the. I'm telling you stories. He said, "Patsy, you were dead then." we telling stories. He were giving accurate stories, and the man was seventy-something, into his eighties. He kept on giving us that story. Why? Simply because one day, he realized the Holy Spirit helped him to see it. Though your brain does not control what your memory. You can argue though all you want. The man had the manifestation of it. He didn't used to forget. So I, as I learning this long ago, I said, do you remember as, as much as you used to? No. And he said, no, no, you don't see anything. What happened is that I have so many more things to remember. If you ask my children, what do they need to remember? They don't need to remember more than physics, chemistry, biology, you know, and some other things. And the way they kept their clothes, and it. they don't need to remember their bank account number. Did you notice that? They don't need to remember that. They don't need to remember where they're expecting money from. They don't need to remember that. They don't remem- need to remember who they paid, who has not delivered. They don't need to remember the engine number or chassis number of any car. I think they don't need to remember expiry date of any driver's license. These are just small, small things, though. They don't need to remember those they're supposed to give money to at the end of the month. They need to remember that. They need to remember that they other something they have not paid. And they don't need to sit there and calculate how 10,000 will solve 25,000 problem. For that reason. You know, when I was young those days, I asked my mother, How much did you buy this thing? she said, I can't remember. I'm like, Why can't you remember? It was when it became my turn. Said, said, you now, it, no, really, it's not because of bad brain. It's because the, the human mind is known to file away unnecessary information. That is why, in fact, there's something that I do, okay? This, I don't know, you may have learned that yourself spontaneously over time. For example, you normally don't know where you kept your phone. You just know where you keep your phone. you notice the difference? So you enter your room, you will not remember where you kept your phone, but you will know where you keep your phone normally. So this is what happens. Now, some people who don't know English. They don't know what I've just said now. thats That particular idea, the way you dropped it, you don't code it in your mind. But you know where you normally drop it. So when you get up in the morning, you want to look for your phone, you go straight to where you normally drop it. The brain has learned not to file each time you drop the phone. It's taking too much space. So I found out something about me. All right? Sometimes maybe I, I, I was supposed to lock the door of my car. Something happens to me. If I don't lock it, if I can't remember whether I locked it or not, I know I locked it. I don't know whether you get my point. If I can't remember, I must have locked it. That is so routine, the brain didn't file it. I found out something if I didn't lock it, I tend to remember not locking it. I remember as I came down, I held the key, then my phone was about to fall, so I rushed and caught the phone, put it in my pocket, took the bag, and walked away. I would just remember that play. I said, whoa, I didn't, I didn't lock this and this car. Now what I'm trying to say, you see, we start filing things differently. So the older you get sometimes is why sometimes you forget some things. Not because you have dementia, but because you have decided that they are irrelevant to life and existence. Some things have been automated. I hope you're getting my point. Now what I'm saying is that because sometimes the world will come and tell you, say, hey, you forgot. You're you getting old. You're not getting old, you're getting busy. Sometimes I learn some little tricks. There's something like that happens a lot in the house, you know, like maybe I want to I want to fetch water in the bathroom. You open the tap, it's running slowly. So you say, let's quickly go click and do something else. Does that happen to you? Yes. That tap will open for the next one hour. If you don't, you, it's happened so many times that as far as you know, this is a no-go. When it happens, it can be painful. If it's rainy season, it's not too bad, but when it's those dry season water that you you look like, yeah, yeah, Peter Mbao. <laughs> Those who don't know, Peter Mbao is our governor's name. Who promised us water? The <laughs> commission one big project. It was last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, it was last week, right? Let's keep praying for him. Let's not mock at anybody, right? He needs power. I hope you're getting my point. Don't do that. Your nose will cut, amen? So what you should do, <laughs> what you should do is that God, that which he has said he will do, Make him do it. That's what you should be doing for him. All right, pray for him. Eh? He's a human being no he can't, Look, there are things these guys are promising. You are feel sorry for them. You are promising what only God can do. Promise it will vote for you. Then we'll pray for you, and you will do it. And so, for those who are wondering who's Peter, but that's what I mean. So, you know, one of the I learned those days, uh, recently, after it happened so many times, it happened to me today actually. <laughs> well, and as I opened it up and I look and I want to go out, I tell my, I, I pause. You are fetching water. Did you hear what I said? You are fetching water. I tell myself, You heard that, oh? You are fetching water. <laughs> Yeah, by saying it to myself two or three times, they, you know, David said like this My rain does instruct me in the night seasons. So sometimes you speak up for you, even when you're not thinking about it. That's just a small tip on how to remember some things, okay? Now, why I'm going to all of this talk, all right? So Kenny said this, and that's a beautiful testimony. He rearranged his thoughts. Which is what I'm saying to you again today. You know, we have been talking to release the spirit. Are we here to gist? What are we doing? We are drinking the spirit. We are rearranging our brains for what? The release of grace. A major point. Right now in your life, the law of life is working. Do you get my point? What is it doing? It's overcoming the law of death. The law of death working in your members, in your body, is being constantly. It's not that it has overcome. It has, but constantly it is working. Constantly it is overcoming the law of death. Now, I know why I began from what I, what I said. Sometimes you say things like this. People now say, hey, but there's no but in it. It's a war. It's warfare. I hope you're getting my point. We fight so that if you, for example, maybe at the age of 50, you realize you are not as strong as you used to be at when you are 35. You have a choice of two. You can go and lie down and say, ah, Ah, age is finally talking. What I said? Yes, sir. Is that not what most of us do? That's what most of us do. Age is finally talking. Was that like, no. What do you do? What What are you supposed to do? You activate what? Life. You say, age, wait. There's only one thing you can say to me. What is the one Give me one word. Wisdom. wisdom. Say, age is finally talking. Hey, age, better talk wisdom. And now, you know, and I tell my wife. I say, is it that I have become too white? No, really, because the way I see things these days, I almost see like a hitofer. I don't know whether I get my point. The way I see things, you know, it's almost like vision. You know, a didn't use to see visions. A didn't used to have what you call revelations. Angels didn't used to talk to him. But when he would speak, the Bible says it's as if he consulted God. It was so. It was so wise that when Absalom refused to listen to him, he went and committed suicide. Because he said, this rebellion is over. Just one thing, not two things. So. He just told them, this night, let us go and attack. And they said, no. He said, listen, this is the night to attack. They said, no, we'll go in the morning. That he said, this is only time you have. David, right now, will be worn out. The men will be worn out. Let's hit them now. He said, he said, look, The guy was so sure that they would fail that he went home and went and committed suicide. And you know what? He was right. He was right. Sometimes I look at my life sometimes, I feel ahitophelic. There is a ahitophelian spirit I feel around me sometimes. Not the suicide part. I mean like the, <laughs> the wisdom part. When I asked my wife, I said, is it an age problem? What do I mean by that? You've seen so many things. You know where such things go. You see a young man behaving like this, and you this is where it will end. And you are so sure of, of it. That is, you don't doubt it. One day I went to preach somewhere. I, I said, look, this kind of investment, I, you know the kind of thing I say here. One young man came to me and said, sir, God bless you, sir. Do you know I lost $10 naira? I almost fell down. You, you have seen $10 million before. No, you just speak. One day I was telling somebody, you know, when they were doing this uh, MMM, all this kind of thing. He just said, look, these things don't work. You know, like, I spoke today. I said, it will soon collapse. People say, you know, the following months it collapsed. I, you know, I, now, MMM, I didn't hear of MMM for months after it had started. I heard of it shortly before it collapsed. The moment I heard of it, I said, no, 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 this is always collapsed. Now, it's not, you, you know, it's not rocket science if you are old enough. That's where I'm going. Why? We have seen it again and again and again. I heard that they are even coming back again. I read the news again today. And as you know, human means we still enter. People will will enter. And again, small digression. People say, go in early and come out early. There are two sides to it. When you go in early, you make a lot of money. Greed will not let you come back. Come out early. You can't. Secondly, whether you come out early or not, you can never come out without the evil spirit. Experience is you know you are going there to steal from other people. The curse of the Lord is in the house of the only. Do you get my point? That's an aside. But I'm talking about wisdom. See, age just gives you what? Wisdom. So you can say to age, the only thing you are allowed to give me is what? Wisdom. wisdom. When you say age is talking, you say, where is the wisdom? Do you follow my point? You won't then say, ah, you know it's age. You'll be rolling your knee. You know it's my age. And you are rolling your knee. You know it's my age. When you come out, you are limping small. What's the problem? You know it's my age. And you gladly go and buy a walking stick like a Niger Delta man. With joy and gladness in your soul. That your right knee is now aching you. Instead of you to fight. Instead of you to fight. (laughs) You know the first time I had an ache in my right knee. That's why I use right knee. I was still in my 30s. If I accept it, what will I have at 70? I just, you know me, I just, I just said, look, this leg, let me just warn you. What I started checking is that I check how I'm driving, how I use it. I didn't know that I found out what the problem was. It had to do how I was driving, and I adjusted. Just the time it was my thumb. Oh, it will, be so, okay, it will pay me so much at night, I will have to bandage it with a handkerchief to be able to sleep. <laughs> I said, yeah. You, you are not serious. I didn't take Panadolu. They, they didn't go to see anybody. You know why I didn't go to see anybody? I know what they would tell me. And I didn't want to hear it. I prayed about the for weeks. Then one day I discovered that bandaging it was even a problem. So I left it. Then one day, as I was meditating, something just hit me. I said, no, it's the way I hold my steering when I'm driving. So I changed it. And it took some days. The ache left. Oh, yes. If, I, if somebody had donated the suggestion to me that you know you are getting old, I say, in my 40s, I'm getting what? By the time I'm 70, this is how my, all my fingers will be like, like this. Please, it's so important you reorient your brain. And look, this is not psychology, oh. this is scripture, this is a spiritual substance. Oh. You just reject when they say that you know you are getting old, say, no. The only thing age can give me is wisdom. You're not going to make me sick. You know, your liver won't be like before. <laughs> liver, let me just tell you, you are not a normal liver. You are not the liver of the common man. You are the liver of the child of God. Let me tell you your story, in case you did not know. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in me, and is giving life to my mortal liver. I hope you're getting my point. So better rearrange yourself. It's just that thought process that gets a flow of the spirit into you. I like the way John G. used to say it. He said, my body is wired to my brain, my brain is wired to my spirit, my spirit is wired to God. There is a constant flow of life from God through me to every cell of my body. Just change the way you do it. You think. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, the way you think about things. And what am I saying today? Please, let's emphasize it. I say it again. Old age is not a disease. What did I say? Old age is not a disease. Let me say it again. Old age is not a disease. Repeat it for me. Say, so as I'm growing older, I am not getting weaker. I'm, not getting weaker. I'm, only getting wiser. I'm only getting wiser. Now, please, I've been going systematically because I want us to change the way we think. I am not saying it's natural. That's it, it's natural. What am I saying it is? It is a manifestation of the life of God which we have to activate as we separate our light from our darkness. Who said it's natural? No. I'm not saying you won't wake up one day as if you can't see again. He will tell the eyes, I will see. Ah, my I will see. What are you telling me? If you have to fight the fight for one year, fight it. All. There's nothing natural about it. See, I have to separate this light from this darkness. I must. I must. I I'll just tell this light, this light, see, this darkness, you are not staying. Why? Because, you see, everything must have a, a legal basis. Do you get my point? If you are old as natural, as an almost, almost sapiens, Adamus, you should get old, you should get weak, your bones should become thin, you should jump one day, and the bone will break. It's natural now. If the life of God is working in you, we reject that. So you know what I expect? One day at age of 70, you will forget your key on this level. And your son will say, or your grandson, Yes. You have a grandson that time. I said, Let me go and get it. So he said, okay. You see the boy is trying to tie his shoes. He said, I'm in a hurry. I just want to tie my shoes. Mm. You just abandon the boy. You know what you do? Tap, 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 tap. You literally run upstairs, pick the keys, and jog downstairs. And his friend says, did you say that was your grandfather? He said, that's why well, I say I'm too old. And so the man, they hop around like a horse in the house. You know, there's something that Jesus said once, all right? The Bible says concerning these people. They are the disciples of Jesus Christ. I need to emphasize this. But there are two things we need to, I'm going to, we'll use to pray this evening. We won't spend too long. One, the Bible says that they did not open your Bible to Mark chapter 6, verse 52. I was saying things have a legal basis. Remember that? The legal basis for this is what God did for us in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? Say after me, say, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Say it properly. The law of the Spirit of life, in Christ Jesus. Has set me free from the law of sin and death. Has set me free from the law of sin and death. Let's say it one more time. The law of the Spirit of life, in Christ Jesus. Has set me free from the law of sin and death. Now say like it is war. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Has set me free from the law of sin and death. Fire the arrow one more time. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The natural thing is as I go older, I get weaker. But according to the law of life, the spirit of Christ that is in me, the same spirit that raised Jesus, from because that spirit is in me, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is giving life constantly to my body. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Now please let me give you two minutes. Talk to different parts of your body. Call different parts and tell him this story. Tell it this story. Say, brain, hear this, oh. You are growing older. You will not start forgetting. You will not have dementia. Eyes, hear me, oh. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. That law that said concerning Adam, the day you eat of that tree, that day you will die. That's the law of sin and death. Now the law of the spirit of life, because Christ dwells in me, has set me free from the law of sin and death. So I'm saying to you, my brain, you will not get old and tired and start forgetting recklessly. And somebody will not say you have dementia. Say, I reject it in the name of Jesus. Say, I reject it in the name of Jesus. My eyes, you will not get weak. You will not get weak. Glaucoma is not my portion. Glaucoma is not my portion. You are not going to get weak. My lens will not get tired. I will see clearly. I will see clearly. I will see clearly. I don't care what I'm experiencing. I'm telling it what I will experience. I'm saying to my eyes, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. What about my lungs? Ah, ha, ha, ha. I say to you, you will never get tired. You will not have enphysema or chronic bronchitis. No matter the name they give old-aged lungs, it will not be your portion. Why? The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Every part of me. Oh, my bones and my muscles and my nerves. (laughs) Oh, my kidney. uh That one, they like to say things. Now listen, Banky's kidneys, both of you. Listen, this is the word of the Lord. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Bones, listen. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Nerves, listen. And of course, my heart, listen. You are not going to get tired because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Now I say to all of them again, because Christ is in me, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is giving life to my mortal body. Say I connect with my heavenly father through Christ Jesus by my new spirit in Christ. Therefore, I drink, I imbibe of that same spirit that raised him from the dead is giving life to my mortal body. Even though my body was subject to death because of sin, Yet, the Spirit will give it life because of righteousness. So I receive life because of righteousness. I receive life because of righteousness. I receive life because of righteousness. I'm taking the medicine of God. I receive life because of righteousness. I receive life. I'm not going to age like a natural person. I will consider the testimonies of what God has done by this life in people that have come. And have gone. Thank you, Father. Body, I speak to you. Confirm with the word of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. I was referring to something. If you go to the book of Mark chapter 6, let's really read what happened there. This is very important. Mark chapter 6. This is very important. There was a time... Jesus and the disciples were in a place. Jesus made them get into a boat, and he told them to go to the other side. This was after he had multiplied bread and fed 5,000. In verse 42, verse 46, after bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. When it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and it was alone on the land. Seeing them straining at the oars, they were there straining, for the wind was against them. At the first watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And he said, I'm leaving you boys there. And he intended to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost. And for that reason, they cried out. Now, down to verse um, 50. They were terrified. So, but immediately he spoke to them and said to them, take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind stopped, and they were utterly astonished. Why? For they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. Now, please, I need to read that in the King James, because King James has a beautiful, you know, rendering there. Let me try the new King James first, before I, I bite my... <laughs> Uh-huh, you get my point. <laughs> Let's just read the King James. It's a short one. King James says that, For they considered not the miracle of the loaves. That's what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves. For their heart was hardened. Please, that expression is important. New Living Tradition says they did not understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves, which I've been looking at for some time. What I want to bring out is the word consider that King James used. So they considered not the miracle of the loaves. What does that tell me? Like I was saying the other time, that please remember to recite testimonies. Was it on Saturday I said that? You have to recite testimonies. One of the things that God did was to give us testimonies that we might recite them. Please discuss testimonies. You hear what I said? What did I say? Test testimonial stories. Please, You are yeah, used to my English, right? I manufacture them when I need them. You should. Please, if you see any testimonies, especially credible testimonies, fold them around. Tell stories about them. This is what God did. When there's a testimony, like what he did to the people of Israel is this. Like I explained on Saturday, if God has done something before, hmm? he wants that thing to be your own. Now, if it's a bad experience from which God brought people through deliverance, recite it so you don't, you don't have to go through the experience. Because, you see, one of the things they did was to learn a lesson. God used that experience to prove himself. He used to prove himself not only for that person, but for everybody. And that's why the Bible says these things were recorded for what? Our learning. So, you tell the people of Israel, when you, when you bring your first fruits, you make a statement. In fact, I feel like I feel like reading that one. Who knows what it is? Because I didn't search it ahead. You see, my father was an Aramean. It told me what? Twenty-six. Okay, it told me twenty-six. Let's just open there. All of us there. Which verse? Five. Okay. He said, "Then it shall be when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives to you, I'm reading verse one, as inheritance, and you possess it and live in it." Thou you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground which you bring in from your land that the Lord your God gives to you. And you shall put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to establish his name. You shall go to the priest who is in the office at that time and say to him, I declare this day to the Lord my God that I have entered the land with the Lord swore to our fathers to give us. Then the priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down before the altar of the Lord your God. You shall answer and say before the Lord your God, My father was a wandering Aramean. And he went down to Egypt and sojourned there, few in number. But there he became a great, mighty, and populous nation. And the Egyptians treated us harshly, and afflicted us, and imposed hard labor on us. Then we cried to the Lord, the God of our fathers. And the Lord heard our voice, and saw our affliction, and our toil, and our oppression. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror and with signs and wonders. And he brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now behold, I have brought the first of the produce of the land, which you, O Lord, have given me. And and then you shall set it down before the Lord your God and worship before the Lord your God. Now let me just stop reading here. Now, the same thing will happen. In verse 12, when you are finished paying all the tithe of your increase in the third year, the year of tithing, just by the way, those of you who want to study tithing, (laughs) it's not every year that those people did. I hope you're getting my point. Mm -hmm, They had a year. And those of you who preach Christianity say, every time God, eh, eh, eh." if you want to follow what was there, it isn't like that. But that argument is not necessary. The New Testament tither is what? The cheerful and generous and continual giver. Alright, the cheerful giver is the New Testament tither, okay? Alright? You don't do any calculations for God. Just be have a free, you know, generous heart. Okay? Now he said, in the year of tithing, then you shall give it to the Levite, to the stranger, to the orphan. Now go to verse 13. You shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the sacred portion from my house, and I've also given it to the Levite and the alien. Now I have listened, I'm just jumping now. I have listened to the voice, voice of the Lord my God. I have done according to all you have commanded me. Now, please, where I'm going is that first one he said. You notice something there. These people will be the 10th generation, 20th generation. They did not go, they would, those ones, apart from those who came first. In fact, those who went, came in now, they didn't even go into Egypt. You remember? They were too young. Because those who were 20 and above were dead. Do you remember that? So this thing was going to be recited by people that never experienced it. But each time they recited it, they connected with the Spirit. That is why I said on Saturday, if you lose anything that is dear to you, please put a knee down. I know people who preach faith won't like this. But just follow me, Is the word of God. Put a knee down and say, The Lord give." the Lord has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Raise your hands up and look towards the sky and say, Though he slays me, yet I will trust him. Those two statements must come from your mouth. You will be blessed like Job. I don't have time to teach that now. People say, No, the Lord gave, the devil took, the devil smoked something. When Job said it, he did not see. When God gave it to us to read, all right? Job may not have known himself, but God recorded this for our learning. And he said clearly, Whatever Job has, what did he say? I have given into your hands. It was God that gave it to the you. you may say, devil now took it away. Listen, it was God that gave. Let's not get into that argument. please. an unnecessary argument. Your life is in his hands. You have to tap the blessing of Job by those two words. You must recite testimonies. I don't care the faith you have, you will lose something. You hear what I say? What did I say? You lose something. It's God. It's not death. God will Go. This boy said, Collect that motor car. will now come with an accusing spirit. After all, I paid my tithe. I gave my first fruits. I tied the security of that car with a seed. And you looking at a pastor who came with a phone. You know why I look at him funny? He was the one who sold it into his life look at him for, he say, "Oh, but are anointed, do they win?" <laughs> ah, come on. So let's leave. let let's look for somebody more dangerous. You now go on online Now see somebody shouting, <laughs> so I into this one's life, maybe able to you keep your car." Nonsense. If the car catches fire, look at the car that caught fire, and say, "Father, I want to thank you. There is a car that burnt, not me." People have been burnt in their cars before. People have been burnt in other people's cars. There are people just on there. Ah, Israel. Were you not there? You This is this. When you see this man, just know that God has kept him. One day was coming from Monecha. You remember? A tank had an accident right inside the hold up and began to spew, you know, fire. This man jumped out from the car and was running, fire was pursuing him. He saw people melt. Go uh, and ask him. They were running. Fire will catch them. He saw people's skin drop off them as fire will hit them. What is it? They, they, they burnt your car. When they burn your car, just go like this. God of me. Ah, that is you with that. Say, Lord, the devil wanted to burn me. But the Lord said, thus far and no further. That's how to be blessed like Job. And when they have given some rotten tithe, they now come and say, God, as if God chopped their money. Politician. <laughs> say, this God is not a good God. We gave him money, he chopped it. That's what they are thinking. One girl came on Twitter, said, God has failed me again. Ah! Ah! Error. Error with a capital E. Even the R inside, all the three R's. <laughs> capital. But of course, when God wants, God will show them mercy, amen? Because if God wanted to judge that matter, he will start with that girl's pastor. All those who have so seed into their life, they will vomit that seed that day. When they give you money, money should be prophesied like those people Jeremiah was talking about. You'll be be saying things that God did not say. you say, ah, stand there, let me kneel down and pray for you. Because of money, Pastor, please now, stop this nonsense. All you pastors, just be prophesying rubbish because they gave you an offering. I'm not saying offering is not sweet, but still tell the truth. One of our sisters, <laughs> she was pregnant. She was, uh, she was praying to get pregnant, so she was, I think she was pregnant. and was now bleeding, it was miscarrying. So now called the prophetess that prayed. That one said, how much did you give that day? I'm not joking. No. She told me by herself. She told the prophetess how much. That one said, that's not enough to tie the hands of God. You are carrying pregnancy. You don't know you, supposed, you have to rope God in. You have to rope God in. You have to say, God! He told her that, listen, that is not enough to tie God's hands. That's why you are bleeding. You go and wedge the, the pregnancy with a sheet. Father God, please just forgive us. Amen. All of us. But shut people's mouths and then stop lying in your name. I beg, you know, how did I get there? Testimonies. Why well, should you recite things? If you want to be blessed like Job, recite the testimony of Job. Please, some of us who preach faith, we we'll preach funny things. That was because Job did not have a revelation. Now they keep on there for us to delay. Read really it from the beginning to the end. We don't need revelation of Job, we need revelation of God. God said it himself, Satan, I give you into your hands. He told him, don't go this far. And Satan couldn't get that far. And then when Job recited properly, what did God say? He said, can you see? He did not curse me. God was proud of what he said at that time. He said clearly, the Lord give. The Lord has taken away. But most importantly, blessed be the name of the Lord. He so said, even though he slays me. Yes. Yet, let me use my own words, I will serve him till I die. That's meaning. Say, so let him kill me. I will still serve him till I die. I will die in his presence. Let it be said, this is a man, this is a woman who followed God till death. Testimonies are important. That's why I'm just talking about it. Jesus expected these people to keep on thinking, why would this man do this? The one who did this. You have to, you know, when you consider testimonies, that's why I said to you that they go and get some books. The reason why I recommended Catherine Kuhnman's books, they are old, is because her testimonies were well researched. They were not testimonies. Many of those stories happened 10 years before the book was written. 15 years before the book was written. Yeah, and they would give you step by step. And this of they were not even people of great faith. They were just desperate people who went to her meetings. I was in her story again earlier hours of this morning. When Aura Robert met her, Aura Robert said, I've never seen anything like this. That God has never used me like this. Aura Robert was the leading healing evangelist in America at that time. He said to her, God has never used me like this. He said, Before I get anybody healed, I have to touch them. For you, Like Jesus Christ, people were getting healed at home. And this is a funny thing. If you listen to, um, uh, um, what's the name of this other man? Robert Laird. There was something he extracted from Dawi's tape. I heard the tape because I listened to Dawi, um, to the series, God's Generals, the video. He played a Dawi recording. In which Dawi, in his desire to get people healed. He said he sees the day coming when his voice will be taken from this tabernacle and technology will have it played in people's homes as he's saying it here. There was no radio that time. The next time he prophesied that it will happen that my voice and my picture will be captured right here and people far away will be seeing and hearing these things live as they are going on there was no idea that radio would be invented or television would be invented. Don't joke with prophetic words. William Marion Brenham, he said, I see cars moving about with no driver. He said this in the 50s. 2020, 2010 to 2020, driverless cars came into existence. The man said it. He said, I see it. He gave the shape of the cars. This is how they be shaped. That it sees a whole family inside. There's no driver. Men prophesy I think so. Leave those who are prophesying money out of your pocket into their own. Testimonies must be considered. The first set of testimonies you must consider is that in the scriptures. You know what that does? It shows you what God can do. What we have become short as glory. Do you get my point? In the Bible says, all have sinned and what? Come short of the glory of God. That's what testimony in the scriptures will show you. When it tells that Moses was a 120 years old, his eyes did not grow dim, his strength did not abate. At the age of 120, the man was hiking. You know what they call hiking? Mountains. You know when he's going to mountain those days, Joshua used to rest. He gets to a point and says, Joshua, you wait here. And he will continue all by himself. It's a real thing. It happened. I hope you're getting my point. These are testimonies to consider. You should play it to yourself again and again. Moses was 120 years old, his eyes did not grow dim. Let's read it Deuteronomy chapter 34. Please put a hand over your eyes. We'll get there. Let's just read it first. Deuteronomy 34, are you there? Now this he talked about the end, the death of Moses. Now Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord answered him a lot of things. And the Lord said to him, "This is verse 4, this is the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab. I like that name. Don't you like it? What did they call him? The servant of the Lord. Hey, yeah. See, the thing just hit. I don't know about you. Did he entered me one kind. No, I don't know. It entered me one kind. It's, it's <laughs> such a title. It is Moses, the servant of the Lord. What would they call you? On the last day. No. In Jesus' name I reject it. <laughs> they will say. The servant of the Lord. Talk to yourself. What would they call you that day? <laughs> that is the angels. Are the ones testifying. The people of Israel. They are testifying. The servant. You don't have to be a prophet. You don't have to be a preacher. You can be a full-time housewife and your name is what? The servant of the Lord. What they call uh, Mary? The handmaiden of the Lord. You know the thing, I don't know why he's doing you, Shia. He's doing me one kind. He says, so Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab according to the word of the Lord. It's not the devil that killed him. You know, when this man died, sorry, I'm just staking on these things. What's the name of the guy? Uh, John the Baptist. Who killed him? You think it's the Herod. See that small girl with thousands and her mother. The adulteress. That's her mother. They're not the ones that killed John. John died according to the word of the Lord. Jesus was waiting for it. Jesus was waiting for his death. He had prophesied it. He must increase. I must decrease. It got to a point he had to go. Let's leave that. So he died according to the word of the Lord. Now where we are reading is verse 7. Verse 6 says, And he buried him in the valley of the land of Moab. And no one knows his burial place to this day. Now please, everybody read verse 7 with me. One two, let's go. His eye was not dim, nor his vigor abated. I like the word vigor. Although Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eye was not dim, nor his vigor abated. Oh, let's read New Living Translation. Listen to me. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear, and he was as strong as ever. Somebody say, that's a testimony. Say it again. You're supposed to consider it. That's 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 the job. That tells you what God can do and what the Spirit of God in you is doing. And this was what men fell short of. You've heard it said before that God promised 70 years or 80 years. Have you heard that thing before? Have you heard it before? Do you believe it? It was a lamentation of Moses. When the people were getting weak and dying at 70, Moses said, "Ha, haba, is that how angry you are? The people before Moses, they live more, Jacob, Isaac, Abraham, they live much longer than this. Moses died here because God said it is enough, come home. A testimony to consider, Moses was a 120 years old, yet his eyesight was clear. Because he used to see his ophthalmologist every six months. Okay, now don't say no to this. He saw his ophthalmologist every day. Don't say no to that. True of us? True of us? It's true. Who is his ophthalmologist? God. We need to understand that side of it. It was a man who dwelt a lot in Lord, the presence of God. Joshua used to hang around the gate. No, Joshua. Joshua used to hang around the door. When he would go in, Joshua hung around there. Moses would go in, sit with the Lord. That's why his eyesight was clear. He saw his own ophthalmologist. Every day. Yes, when we said no, we knew what we were saying. It's not because we were checking his glaucoma pressure. No. Remember what I said: you don't go to hospital. It's not what gives you faith. What means you have faith? It's where you go. If the Lord is your doctor, then you must see him regularly too. And this is the commandment. This is his prescription. He said, "Consider the testimonies." Let's read loud again. Now, if you have a New Living Translation, let's read together there. Verse 7. His testimonies we are considering. Verse 7. Are you there? Want to let's go? Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear, and he was as strong as ever. Somebody say, that's my portion. portion. Say it again. Say it again. Say again. Say it again say to yourself or I don't shout loud you have 30 seconds so this is a testimony I consider the testimony of the loaves in the life of Moses his eyesight was clear at the age of 120 how old am I so I speak to my eyes be clear glaucoma you won't come here cataract you won't come here blindness you will not happen to me in the name of Jesus I consider the testimony in the life of Moses What God did through him. What God did through him. I consider that testimony. Let us read another testimony. That's on the book of Joshua. We'll come back to this one in a moment. We need to to read this one in the book of Joshua. The testimony of Caleb. Oh, don't you like the testimony of Caleb? It's a powerful testimony. Now, Joshua chapter 14, verse 9, should we start from verse 9? Okay, yes, let's start from verse 6. Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kinezite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord, my God, fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. Verse 10. Everybody, if you have a new American I read it out with me. Are you there? Want to let's go? Now behold, the Lord has let me live, just as he spoke these 45 years, from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses. When Israel walked in the wilderness, and now behold, I am 85 years old today. Verse 11, I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Oh, God. Let me read the rest of us. Now then, give me this hill country, about which the Lord spoke on that day, For you heard on that day that Anakim were there with 45 cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb until this day, because he followed the Lord God of Israel fully. Now where I'm going is Verse 15. Now, the name of Hebron was formerly Kirias Alba, for Alba was the greatest man among the Anakim. And the land had rest from war. I need to read that. The toughest land was the one they gave him. Do you get my point? But at the age of 85, God preserved his strength for 45 years. Verse 11 again, he said, I am as strong today. As I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. 85. Did you hear what I said? You know, they won't even let you enlist in the army if you are 40. They look at you, you are too old. During the Second World War, one man, um, I think he's um, the richest man in the world at that time. The oil man. He went and joined. The, he wanted to join the navy he wanted to serve during the Second World War. They looked at him like, "Are you serious? Do you know how old you are?" Ah, what is? Let's go for a train. Now. They drove him away. I, look, go and do something else. Like, okay, go and run your business. It's, it's good for the for the country. If I get up now, and they said, "God go forbid, there won't be war." Amen. If I let you go and volunteer, now, even <laughs> NSCDs will look at me and say, "Oh God, come, 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 go. Don't worry. Be praying for us. Let's make you honorary chaplain. We pray. Yet, this man was a commander at 85. And if you know the way Jewish fighters were, the generals went in front. Yet yeah, They are like that till now. They've not changed their pattern much. They don't have generals that sit in high... No, no, no. Their commanders go in front. If they are going to battle, the commanders are in front. That's the way they've been historically. Kings went in front to war. What am I saying? Caleb, at the age of 85, he was taking on giants. You know, it's not a folktale. It really happened. Now begin to declare to yourself. Meditate the word of God. Say, Lord, I consider this testimony. You kept Caleb 45 years. He had the strength of a 40-year-old at the age of 85. This is the glory of the Lord. This is the glory of the Lord. This is what the Spirit is doing in me. This is what the Spirit is doing in me. This is what the Spirit is doing in me. This is what the Spirit is doing in me. This is what I believe the Spirit for. This is what I believe God for. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is strengthening my bones, strengthening my muscles, strengthening my mind like He kept the strength of Caleb. Remember, it was a blessing, it was not natural. His mates had died because of iniquity, His mates were dead. Everyone above the age of 40 died. and the age of 20, they were dead. His juniors were dead. Yet he was going to war with his sons and his servants. He was going to war, leading a charge at 85. Brethren, it's not folktale. The Lord really did it for him. You need to claim it. Say, Lord, I consider this testimony. Say, Lord, I consider this testimony. Say, Lord, I consider this testimony. You see how we age by the Spirit. Everything we are doing is by the Spirit. Remember that? Everything is by the Spirit. Everything is by the Spirit. Everything is by the Spirit. Spirit. I want to listen to this prophetic word of God that Moses gave to Asher. He said, An. And of Asher he said, Asher is most blessed of sons. Let him be favored by his brothers, and let him dip his foot in oil. Your sandals shall be iron and bronze. As your days, so shall your strength be. Did you hear that? It's a blessing of God. He said, Asher is most blessed of sons. Let him be favored by his brethren. Your sandals shall be iron and bronze. That is strong to crush opposition. That's what he was trying to say. He was talking about war here also. As for your days, so shall your strength be. Say amen to that. Amen. As for your, you see, as your days will be, so will your strength be. Amen. Say amen to that too. Amen. You need to acclaim it. Say it again. Old age is not a disease. Old age is not a disease. Say it again. It doesn't seem like you believe it all. As I say it again, what is the only thing is permitted to do? Give me wisdom. That's it. That will be your testimony in the name of Jesus. No, Jesus used to say something. Say, let it be unto you according to your faith. You know, some people, they are very funny. Once you are preaching like this, you nobody know will tell you? <laughs> this pastor never jump. Now you will jump. I will never jump. Father God, in the name of Jesus, may I never jump? You will never jump. Amen. Jump what? If I jump sickness, sickness will die. Why? It's the word of the Lord. Open to Psalm 92. We'll read this one and we'll begin to round off. I don't want us all to stay here too long. Psalm 92. The Bible said that he sent his word and he did what? He healed them. And the word did what for them? Delivered them from all their destructions, all their oppressions. Everybody read this for with me. Verse 12, are you there? Let's use the New American Standard just to get the same translation so our voices can come out in unison. Are you there? One to let's go. We are reading all the way to verse 15. Verse 12 to verse 15. One to let's go. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Did you notice that? He said, "Even in old age, they, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital, that is full of life and green." That's what New Living Translation says. Let me see what um, how NIV puts it. Who has NIV? There, read that for me. Okay, I'll read verse 14. He said, they will, stay, "They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. They will stay fresh and green. They will stay fresh and green." I like the way New King James says it. They will still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. The righteous shall flourish, that's what he says, like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. You know those cedars in Lebanon? When you hear about them, they, I don't think they are there these days. The voice of the Lord has broken them. Oh, yes, that's what it breaks the cedars in Lebanon. God will just release thunder. They used to, look, there were trees as wide as this, they will grow very straight. And very tall. I can't remember the exact amount of um, their height, but they say maybe of like 20 meters or so. That's, that's, that's a great height. Up to 40. I can't remember the exact height they say used to have. The cedars in Lebanon grow straight. Ah, when they wanted to build the temple, when Solomon was building his house, that was the king of Lebanon sent as gifts. So when God wanted to describe how the righteous man will be, he said, even when he's old, he'll still be growing and flourishing. But as the older those trees got, the bigger and more useful they were. You know this retirement plan, after it's not the will of God. They said you go for seminar on how to plan for retirement. I said, now, well, wow. prophetic seminars. How you will not be useful again. Just by the way, this is not the main message, just an aside. If you retire, they give you money. You now go for a seminar on how to invest it. Don't bother. What did I say? Don't bother. Don't bother. Don't bother. Just buy land. Make sure it's not fake land. Though. Because to buy land saves now, now, now prayer. Build the house and just live in it. The rest, chop it. Because what you did not do all your years is worse if you were working for federal government. If you are working for a private company, one of these are Nigerian banks and uh, these are uh, telecom companies or even a lot of companies. It's good. Those are teach you to be disciplined. Those who are working for federal government, you now retired, you now give you money, now you be going for a seminar down the road here. <laughs> Those ones are planning to eat your money. Do <laughs> you hear what I said? They are planning to eat your money. <laughs> you can be a millionaire in two weeks. Let me tell you, anybody who can t- do it can t- won't tell you. <laughs> he will tell himself, tell his children, and then they just become they become millionaires every other week. If the ones that are telling you to be a millionaire in two weeks, they are the ones that will use your money to be millionaires in two weeks. You know, I found in Nigeria, we need prayer. Now, if you are listening to me, you know me. People say that I'm too hard. I heard that recently. Listen, I know you are there. I know you are listening. You say, I pray the fear of God. I know you like it. It's okay. I want to bring fear to people. I hear that Nigerians spend $975 million daily betting in this country. Not Naira. That's a billion US dollars. We spend about a trillion Naira daily betting. Now, you say, Pastor Bank, where's the prophetic word? It is coming. Just wait for it. It's about to jam you. If you are one of them, every investment in your life you will lose it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you like, say Amen. Don't say Amen. Don't say. Did anybody say Amen to Elijah when he said the rain will not fall? Any investment connected with that betting in your life, you will ne- see you will never make money. Child of God, see all those who will be advertising. That. In fact, God, please let me pray a prayer while everybody's listening. All those who are advertising betting to us. As for the old men who are following them, they don't concern me. I'm only concerned about the youth who have been misled. Whatever your name is, once you advertise betting to young people, I release the curse of, of God over your own investments. So that your investments in life will all be a game of chance. As they lose money, you lose your own too. Father God, that is my decree. In the name of Jesus. They will never go home in peace. Why young people are being misled and losing their money. Oh, Father, I say it from the bottom of my heart. Let them not prosper. More than those who are betting according to their recommendations. Let me say that clearly. Because when I raise my voice, it's not clear. All those of you are asking young people to bet. You use your WhatsApp channels, your Facebook channel, your influence, you retire that face say footballer. Footballer is not betting no. in case you don't know. Footballers wake up in the morning. They run. They don't bet. They run. They don't bet. They run. They play, break their leg. They are disciplined. I am a servant of God in this land. I raise my voice under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I say, everyone who uses WhatsApp channel, your Facebook account, your Twitter account, because you have a loud following, and you make young people start losing money, investing wrongly in nonsense game of chance, in betting, Father God, I release your judgment hand against them. As those young people are losing money, your own investments will be losing money. If you reinvest in land, it will become a game of chance. Amen. Nothing you do with money will prosper more than those who are betting. Amen. See, if betting is making them money, you too will make it. But you know it's not making. You know it's not making. In the land of Nigeria, I release the judgment of God against those who are misleading the young. You hear what I said? I release the judgment of the Almighty against those who are misleading our young. The other day I went to Angel's channel. Use my betting code. Kinja, are you a madman? What has God not done for you? You use your mouth to say at a time you were getting $400,000 a month from, from YouTube. How much did betting people give you? You know our young people are being misled. Why are you participating? It's your problem. Anyone who participates in market. See, everything I've said now. It's a market marketer. Too. Those who God blessed. gave them influence. Give them a voice. I mean, I watched these people analyze their life. They did not play games of chance. They were diligent. They worked hard. Then God gave you 10 million followers. Then you want to tell them to go and bet. God punish you. That influence, may God take it from you. Amen. As the people following you are losing money, may you lose money. Amen. Whatever be your chance of winning, let it be your chance of winning other investments. Amen. That you may fear the Lord thy God. 975 million dollars a day. A day. That they bet in this country. That's for those who are pushing it. And for those of you Christians who are betting I've come to your matter. See, my body don't come down now for you. May I pull up my trusses so I can talk to you. If you use your phone to bet, it will die. Yes. Yes. Once you say you're a Christian, now you have to talk to, I don't finish talking to the mad people. If you that say you're a Christian, I'm talking to now. If you use your phone to bet, it will die. Yes. If you use your computer to bet, it will crash. Yes. Any account you withdraw money to, from to bet will go down. Yes that you may fear the Lord thy God. Pastor Banker, I won five million last week. If you eat ten cobwebs from it, you have diarrhea. Go and give to the poor. Go and share the money out. See, if you eat it, let me just tell you something. eh? When you eat that money, you know what happens? You will lose ten times that amount. You know why? Because there's a spirit that comes onto your soul. Which tells you, bet again. They gave you 5 million today. Over the next one year, you lose 10. Waiting for the big one. One one foolish foolish woman went to church to give a testimony. That my son bet with 300 naira, He won 2 million. And the whole church erupted. And the pastor said, that will be your testimony. He's an ignorant guy, so God forgive him. But let me tell you something. You know that betting company they just made their money back? They just made their money back. Because by the end of that service, everybody who is not taught there will place a 1000 naira, two naira bet. But in the next few weeks, people are placing their bets. And they are taking their money back. Pastor, are you a madman? If somebody told you that, you, tell, you just tell the person, see that you tell no man. Now get out from here. Where is uh, Chooks? He said, now so somebody, he didn't want to tell you the story of one reverend father. He has a gate man. You know gate man, security man at the gate. That security man go buy television. He buy generator. Ha! Security man buy alugubu. I don't know, <laughs> just they buy things. And the Reverend Father said, Oh boy. Ah, hey, hey. Nasiru. May anyone not? What is going on here? Me afar. Hey, the guy said i nah, betting for." Now nah, I can't meet the guy saying nah, I beg. Let me place this one. Yes, Reverend Father. Within one month. Hey, where's Juke that told us the story? Within one month or two. That gate man don't sell everything because you know. Easy he come, easy he goes. He go. You know that is as the thing came, he tried to come, keep on coming. He didn't come. He was not owing money. He sold everything. Reverend father was already hooked. How do such people serve Holy Communion? See, a young person, listen to me. You are forgiven until yesterday. After now, if you bet again. Thunder fire your phone. Lightning, not under. Thunder they make not the not noise they make. Lightning we fry that phone you are yeah, using. It. It's your destiny we are protecting. Just wake up in the morning, create unnecessary, unnecessary risk for yourself. You're now watching football. You don't care. You came to check whether waiting you whether you waiting you whether you go caught. Is it caught they call it? What was I saying when I read the betting matter? Before the Spirit came upon me. I felt so Elijah. We don't talk testimony. Talk testimony. We're looking at one man. Caleb. We're talking about Caleb. We're not talking about the righteous man? Yes. yes. We're talking about the righteous man, right? Psalm 92. Was that where we stopped? Yes. Okay, I remember what I was saying. That even though, you know, when some people retire, go and carry retirement money. Yeah, that's what I was saying. What am I saying? From now. Start believing God to be productive all your life. What you will do when you are retired, you have to start doing it now. You can't carry all your retirement money for a new investment. What are you talking about? You will lose everything. I hope you're getting my point. But the point I'm making is that you will be productive all the days of your life. That is the word of the Lord for you. You will be productive all the days of your life. Amen. That's the word of the Lord for you. You will be productive all the days of your life. And you will be strong. You will be strong. You will be strong. You will be strong. You will not be weak. Your eyes will not grow dim. Your strength will not abate. Your vigor will remain. You will climb mountains. No matter how old you are in years, your body will not feel like that. In the name of Jesus Christ. That's the plan of God for aging. Bending over with age is not our portion. These bones are the bones of the Lord, carrying the temple of the Holy Spirit. It will retain its strength in the name of Jesus Christ. Give the Lord thanks for how he has blessed us with the school of prayer this year. Say, Lord, thank you. Say, Lord, thank you. Say, Lord, thank you. Praise the Lord, oh. The Lord is good, oh. It's nice to well, we have to. It's the end of uh, School of Prayer for 2023. I will thank God. Please, all the messages on the website like Pastor Kemute told us. Please go there. For me, the thing you will do for me is, you know, some, you know, you can pay to download, right? So this one says there's no payment place there. You have to pay. So what you do is that. Anything you download, share with somebody. Do you follow my point? Guide the link, share something with somebody, and then that way... The truth we continue to spread. And that's what I'm asking you to do. Pastor.ng, that is where it is. Remember, our radio, the address is pastor.ng slash radio. If you are going to use a browser to listen. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Father, we thank you for this beautiful year. We're just going to, you know, he said, come and sit and rest for a while. That's what we are going to do. Thank you. We are not departing from your spirit, but we are carrying your spirit everywhere we go. We give you all the praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I declare upon you the Lord bless you. Amen. The Lord will keep you. Amen. Throughout this season you are kept. Amen. The Lord is your keeper. Amen. The Lord is your shader at your right hand. Amen. The sun will not smite you by day, Amen. nor the moon by night. Amen. The Lord will keep you from all harm. Amen. He will watch over your souls. You will keep your going out and your coming in. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. There is none like your God who rises the heavens to help you. And to the skies in his majesty, Amen. the eternal God is your dwelling place. And underneath you are his everlasting arms. Amen. He has driven out the enemy from before you. Amen. And this is his decree destruction will overtake them. You are you, you will dwell in safety. Amen. You will dwell in a land of grain and new wine. Amen. And the heaven over you will drop down dew. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I lift up the name of the Lord over you. He is the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth. Who keeps loving kindness for thousands and forgives iniquity, transgression and sin. He will forgive all your errors and keep you in his love. In the name of Jesus Christ. His goodness will not depart from you. His mercy will not depart from your home. See, this is the season of the manifestation of Jesus in your life. What do I mean? He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Now, this is the time of your complete healing. In every dimension. Bodily financially, Amen. emotionally, Amen. in your career, Amen. in your business, Amen. I declare upon you the word of the Lord. This is the season of your manifestation Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let's share the grace in fellowship. We want to let's go? Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death and we have passed into life. We are passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I need you to bless five people around the five. So, this is your season. You have four to go. Three more to go. This is your season of the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of God. Two to go. Aha, uh-huh. one to go. This is your season. And of the power of God. Now one for yourself, this is my season. Alright, cherub brethren. God oh bless you.